Hello, Jonathan. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Are you having a good week so far? Oh, I'm having a really good week so far, Ben. Although all of us here in Colorado, because uh, I'm here in the States, have been really thrown for a loop recently by our weather. So we're, we're adjusting to that at the moment. And uh, and you're up early as well for the for the recording. Yep. Uh, I'm a bit of an early riser myself. I was up at 5 a.m., but that doesn't bother me too much. If you would ask me to stay up late, we'd have a real problem because like <laughs> 8.30 p.m. hits and I'm I'm done. I got to start getting ready for bed. Yeah, that's it. Energy gone at that point. You're from a company called Bomb Bomb. I think we got in touch through a, a, a list called spot a guest and i was intrigued by your approach now maybe you can you can tell people just start your story by the approach how you approached me with a, a video email yeah a spot a guest is a really cool service uh, i kind of browsed through there found a handful of people whose podcasts i thought i might be able to add some value to and i sent off a couple of video emails right it's probably even a handful of other folks and it's just a very simple video of myself staring at the camera lens saying hey there ben look at your podcast you know here's what i'm an expert in here's what i could talk about let me know if that's something that uh, that interests you that your audience would benefit from but yeah it was a very simple video that i sent you i don't think i really even typed more than maybe one line of text at the bottom because pretty much the video had my whole message. And that's really what the BombBomb software is, is all about, right? It's a, it's a software, the way we like to phrase it is we help you make your emails feel as warm and personal as your in-person meetings do. And the way we do that is to make it incredibly simple for you to record videos yourself and incredibly simple for recipients to watch these videos. So that just becomes the way you communicate in an email transaction is through these simple videos. If I'm honest, it, it was really good. So there was a little bit of a surprise by getting this... Sure. Not much text, but just a little um, screen grab of you taking the video. And I, I was intrigued at that point because it was different. And then yeah. I clicked on it. Actually, it's really nice because I got to know you. So from the from the perspective of just coming onto the podcast, I get a real really good idea of who you are. That you can you can talk. You've got something to say. So that was really helpful. A, a, an excellent introduction. But also, then I was intrigued about this software because I have heard about video software before, and I've seen a few okay. people using various different types of a video software. So I was intrigued more about this, particularly because I'm much more into video myself and using it for the podcast and using it as an effective yeah. marketing tool. Actually using this communication was quite interesting. So. Tell me a little bit more uh, about BombBomb Bomb and how it works and, and how people might use that in a, in, a, in a sort of genuine client interaction. Yeah, the software is shockingly simple, right? We have integrations built with like Outlook and Gmail and a lot of different CRMs out there where you're going to have a little red record button sitting in your email inbox and you can kind of decide as you're composing an email, do I want to type this all out or do I just want to say it, right? And press a button and just speak into the camera lens. It very, you know, quickly and immediately uh, embeds that directly into the body of an email and you can send it right off that way. It gets used a lot of different ways, right? From some people use it from like a mass sending standpoint to do updates to their network. Usually what we recommend to have people do is a lot of the simple personal videos, right? The one-to-one -one messages. I think we'll first, we'll talk about some of the advantages, right? And you already mentioned two of these already, right? You noticed how, uh, you mentioned how different it was. And that's a very common bit of feedback we get is, you know, I got an inbox full of crap, but then this is different. This is attention grabbing. But the other side of things is through that, again, simple, authentic video gives people a chance to experience you and try to build at least a piece of that that know like and trust that rapport mm -hmm. right off the bat right it gets used as you can imagine in very much in a sales capacity for introducing yourself to leads for converting leads for ultimately you know winning over new business because it has the advantage of helping people get to know you and you know being different and getting their attention so we see a lot of people using bomb bomb for sales and it's a fantastic use case for it right in fact usually that's that's the shortest line to draw between video and revenue right is when you're using it in a sales capacity. But the other advantage that we found of video is that it's also 
a lot more efficient way to communicate, right? Mm. You can talk a heck of a lot faster than you can type. So just for busy professionals who feel like way too much time goes into their email inbox and they don't actually get anything done, a lot of times a video can be a way to churn through 10 email responses really quickly compared to sitting there typing it out. There's even a, an element of clarity that comes with the messaging too, because when you have your body language and your voice and all elements of human communication working for you, you tend to avoid misunderstanding. So when you're communicating about a project and about deadlines, people can understand your urgency. People can understand a sense of priority and what's important over what. They can understand uh, even things with your tone when it comes to when you're providing positive feedback or constructive feedback, I guess, versus when you're being a jerk, when you're being genuine and sincere, and when you're being passive aggressive. Like yeah. a lot of that tone comes across and it avoids misunderstandings. So a lot of people use video email just as a way to communicate with their colleagues, to communicate with their current customers, to avoid misunderstandings, and to generally speed the communication process. And I think it removes a lot of friction, right? Yeah, having that video. No, I was just going to say, it, it's, I'm nodding away to all of that because we use a lot of that in our regular client communication through Zoom, Skype, FaceTime, whatever they want to use. Yeah. Obviously, we're doing a lot more on the podcast, but I do find that it's so much easier to communicate because you can see if someone understands something as you're walking them through it. You can screen share as well, of course. And, and that's what I felt watching your video, that I knew who you were. You you were just talking normally. You might um and uh and think, but that's quite normal in a face-to-face conversation. Yeah. But you would never put that into written language. Feels right. Feels much more comfortable. And it was, um, after you get, you get over the surprise and actually the way we had our, our conversation is that I would reply to you in, in text and you'd reply back in video as odd as it was it was good because it was very easy for me I didn't have to read anything I just watched the video definitely definitely removes that friction and and yeah like on the note of zoom and stuff I'm a huge huge proponent of, of, of zoom personally I can't imagine being in business and not using zoom unless you just happen to you know be face to face with everyone all the time but the, where bomb fits into that general landscape right is that zoom is for synchronous communication two-way dialogue you know you got to coordinate your calendars a tool like bomb is for asynchronous communication where you can't coordinate your calendars you just record it when it's convenient for you and and they watch it when it's convenient for them. But yeah, I would absolutely throw bomb bomb in the same category of tools as Zoom, where it's just a simple way to communicate better. You mentioned yeah. about people using it as a way to communicate, say, on a basis with their with their audience um, as part of a in, instead of an email newsletter. Tell me how that might work. So, you know, on a technical basis, there's a few ways to pull that off, right? BombBomb does make it easy to like copy and paste your BombBomb videos into other email sending platforms. Basically, mm. we give you the HTML code to the video and you can slap that in anywhere that speaks HTML. Um, but the BombBomb platform itself is in its own right, a fully functional email marketing platform. So we don't just integrate with other things. We are our own standalone marketing tool. So you could import a list of a thousand people, you know, who are either your clients or your prospects. And if you want to update them about an event that's going on, they should know about, you can just record a simple video of yourself and send it out to the whole group at once. Very similar videos, very similar process. It's just a matter mm. of night distribution list is a thousand people instead of just being one person. That's yeah, another fantastic use case. Because think about it, things like newsletters and updates and stuff are necessarily bad, but I can tell you that I subscribe to a ton of them and never bother opening any of them because they're like three paragraphs long or sometimes a couple pages long of typed out text and I'm just really freaking busy. I don't have time yeah. to do that. So what I've seen a lot of people do as they're adopting video is they'll, they'll keep their, you know, two pages of typed out text for people who really care. But the barrier for a lot of people is, at least for me, I'm not about to read two pages of text when I'm not sure if it's going to be worth my time or not. I'm not going to take that risk. So what they'll do is they'll put a little one, two minute video at the top that just does a quick recap, shouts out what's at the bottom and explains why this newsletter exists and who it's going to help. So you can quickly watch a one minute video and decide for yourself, is it worth reading the whole two pages or is this not one really not relevant to me? So yeah, a lot of different ways to use it, but I think it is yeah. just a way to breathe some life into those newsletters and those updates. Well, and we found with the newsletters that we send out for clients, that the ones that have video in get more, um, usually more click-throughs, certainly more reads. 
but also the ones with people in. So if you can have a person as part of that thumbnail in there, which, you know, yours yours was when it comes through, that has get, got a lot more engagement than anything else, just having a person in there. So I totally understand that not only could this be a more frictionless way to send uh, newsletters to people and easier for them to consume, but you're going to get at least initially, a lot more engagement. Definitely. I think, uh, you know, I don't know the details of the study, but I was checking out a blog post from HubSpot recently, who of course knows a thing or two about getting uh, engagement on emails. Um, mm -hmm. And they said that when they did a study, emails that had videos in them got a 300% more click-throughs. It's not our stat, I don't know the details behind that, but yes, definitely, you're right. <laughs> Higher click-throughs when there's a video, for sure. You know, the two of the use cases we covered, right, is like, you know, sales, lead conversion, and then simple communication during the process. Um, the third major way I see people using video is with really maintaining relationships. And a lot of times it's maintaining relationships with past customers, a lot mm. of times it's maintaining relationships with a professional network of peers. But the real power of these simple videos is that it really allows you to create what I refer to as psychological or emotional proximity in the absence of physical proximity. So you can have a diverse network of a few hundred professionals who you know, you've only ever met once, but mm -hmm. if you communicate on a semi-regular basis with them with video, it can create that sensation of proximity. Your brain kind of thinks that they're you know, very close to you, even though they could be worlds away. In my role, right, I do entirely inside sales. All the clients that I work with, all the referral partners I work with, all the professional relationships I've grown, I've never met any of them, but there's still at least half a dozen of those people. I could text them at midnight and they'd send a text right back, right? Like we have that type of a relationship. And the only thing we've ever done is traded videos. Feels as if we meet each other every week, right? Because of that. So and again, Zoom is a great tool for creating that psychological proximity as well as bomb bomb. So any way you're using video, you know, even using it in kind of a mass distribution context can help with that. That's kind of the third and final use case, right? Is maintaining relationships over time and over space, whether that's with past clients or with you know professional networks. So let's talk a little bit more about personal video. I'm just interested in in why it's so effective. Because it is, we can clearly see that from some of the stats. I've got some firsthand experience of that either through the podcast or through client e emails and, and YouTube that we're using. But why is it so effective? What, how does it overcome, overcome the barriers that we have from just text communication? Yeah, I mean, you know, for a first level, that answer is video in general is powerful because it gets all of human communication pulled in, right? There's a famous study that's, I think, often misunderstood and misquoted. But when it comes to uh, the emotional connection we feel with someone and determining who we like and who we don't like, about 7% of our gut feeling comes from the words that we hear them using. About 43% of it comes from vocal cues, tone and pace and volume, and about 52 or something percent of that, 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 that gut feeling we get comes from visual cues of body language and facial features and hands and stuff like that. So having all of that included really allows the brain of the recipient to run its checks and say, hey, do I like this person? Am I getting good vibes? from them. Do their words match their face, match their body language? Is there consistency there, right? Because I think when it comes to trust, a lot of what the brain is doing when deciding who's shady and sketchy and who's trustworthy is that the brain is evaluating matches, right? Matches between the words and the body yeah. and matches between actions and words and face and all that. And when everything lines up and everything checks out and we're getting a consistent message from all of those ways of communication, we get this warm feeling that I can trust this guy. But when something doesn't quite match up, then our brain has this, this, this gut feeling that says, ah, I'm not sure about that. So it allows our brain to do what it does best, right? Which is to kind of take holistically all of that input and make a determination off it. So video in general, works well, I think, for all those reasons. But the personal video, I think, is huge, right? Because most when most people hear about video communication or video marketing, a lot of times they think about edited and productions and commercials. And you know, even a lot of my BombBomb customers come to me and they're inquiring about BombBomb. They're, they're thinking about video 
for more of a marketing thing. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with produced marketing videos. They have their place. But I think there's a there's a continuum that spans from shiny and polished and produced to authentic and raw. And you really can't have both in most situations. You kind of have to choose where on the continuum you want to be. And I think right now the world is oversaturating, kind of just has gotten over the shiny and produced and the production value stuff, right? I think there may have been a time in the past as technology was first exploding where you could really blow people away with how highly produced your video was mm -hmm. and really create a lot of interest off that. Where now we're just like, we tune it out. So even though there's a place for those produced videos, I think I've noticed on social media and really even in, in video emails that the ones that are more simple, raw, authentic, and real tend to get more attention. That's almost like what the world has an appetite for, right? On social media, we have plenty of polish and highlight reels. And we're tired of polish and highlight mm -hmm. reel advertisements. I think all of us has a, this a bit of an emotional, psychological need and, and deficiency of the real, the raw, authentic, the human, which again, I think is where, where the power of the tools like Zoom or BombBomb come in, or even things like Facebook Live, right? People like seeing that Facebook Live where again, as you mentioned, you stutter and you trip over your words and you lose your train of thought, but it's okay because that's the way human beings are. Exactly. That's what happens in regular conversation. So, yeah. So I think that's what kind of what Bauman's all about. And I think I see an overall trend in the market too of moving towards authenticity. Uh, Dove's a good example of this, right? You look at all Dove's advertising from the 90s, early 2000s. Everything they produced was incredibly polished, incredibly edited. You know, all the skin of these models look glowing and beautiful and perfect. And now Dove's shifting, right? They have a campaign called the Campaign for Real Beauty. They have a series of YouTube videos called You're More Beautiful Than You Think. And, and all mm. this is about real people as they really are and using that as a way to connect with their audience rather than using the polish. One of my colleagues here, Ethan Butte here at BombBomb was actually talking to me about, I think it was, a, it was an article I read or a book you read or something, I think it was an article, talking about how Coca-Cola has actually recently started investing a lot of time, energy, and even money into trying to make their videos and their images look worse, meaning like try to make them look like they were just recorded on a simple iPhone or taken off yeah. someone's simple phone rather than making them look like they were highly polished and produced. So on one end, we have these small business owners saying, oh, I can't just take a simple video with my phone. That's not professional enough. I need a video production crew. But then you have Coca-Cola saying, hey, let's take this video from the production crew and let's try to make it look like it was taken on a phone, <laughs> you know? So I think in general, the world is moving back towards authenticity over the polish and the production value. Yeah, I've, I've definitely found that. Uh, certainly on Instagram, there's a lot of Instagrammers who are starting to show the real photos. Um, at the moment, still tentative steps, but you're starting to see that a lot more with video. This overproduced nature, uh, I think not only does it take longer, it's more expensive. Um, and it puts a lot of people off, but it, it just doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't feel right because it's too... It's it's too good. And you're right about small businesses wanting this bigger production crew. So they, they don't they think a video is quite an expensive thing or they don't want to, to go into it. But I would advocate just do something, try something out to uh, the worst cases. You don't you don't make it public, but at least you can try something and experiment with it. And you're, you're quite right. Some, sometimes that just those off the cuff things. I do a lot of recording at events and conferences and some of those where I can just summarize a, a short nugget from one of the speakers I've heard okay, the video may not be great. It may be too dark. Hopefully the audio quality is okay. But someone can get something from that information and I can, I can deliver it quite quickly without, without too much worry. People do need to get over the production quality issue and just shoot it. Maybe later if you want, there's, there's something nice about putting uh, a little bit of editing into it. If people are umming and erring too much or maybe just tiling up a little bit. But initially, no, just get the message out there, I think. And I think it's a matter of, again, if you like that editing stuff, if you find it fairly easy, it's okay to do that. It doesn't usually hurt you know anything. But just don't let it slow you down. That's the big problem that I see is people produce one edited video per month where they 
could have produced produced 12 authentic raw videos and yeah. there's no way one authentic video one raw, no one edited video is better than 12 raw videos you know you know and that's that's definitely something i felt over the, over the course of doing the podcast in audio then moving to video and i think one of the ways that we uh, well i want to change that so it becomes more authentic is um well at the moment we're using this webinar software and we're just using it to record the videos as you know um but i want to go live with that so the next few steps is to make sure everyone's comfortable and we'll just go live with it because i think what that will do is not only can people benefit from it immediately but i think i'm going to change the way i think about it so that i we're not going to edit it we're just going to put that video live as it is and everyone can appreciate what it is and i think that will actually benefit the podcast overall we'll see how it goes but but that's the, you know i'm i'm slowly moving towards that as well i'm sort of grappling with those issues yeah for sure um so so would you mind just sort of running through just in words i know you're not going to show anything but running through in words how how it might work to use bonbon so if you, you wanted to start communicating with your customers how that might work yeah of course the first step for anyone right is to uh you know contact me i can set you up with some free time on the system right i'm allowed to give people like a free trial period to test it out I'll cover this at the end but you can email me find me on linkedin whatever but basically we would install an extension to whatever email inbox you use whether you're working out of gmail working out of outlook working out of like mac mail on an app and either way is going to be a very simple way for you to record videos and drop them into your emails if you're interested you and i would be meeting up and we would talk about how to uh uh, how do you how you would use video because these person is a little different right we talked mm -hmm. about you know from lead conversion to uh during the transaction to staying in front of an audience we talked about personal videos versus you know mass send videos you even through bomb can set up automated drip systems so there's a lot of ways to use it usually the first step for persons interested is to meet with someone like myself to kind of build out that plan of what it would look like because usually I'm, what i'm pretty good at is asking you questions and figuring out of all the things you could do with video what are like the top three things that would really move the needle if you did those and then we'll kind of build that plan but usually is some of it involves right introducing yourself to leads whether you're doing cold prospecting reaching out to someone or whether you're responding to inbound leads typically that's an element of it um, then usually there's an element of you know maintaining relationships right with mm -hmm. current customers or past customers and then usually there's an element of some sort of mass sending too right whether that's mass in the form of a drip campaign or a single mass blast basically meet up, meet up with someone like myself to build out a specific plan but it very it is very simple of installing a, a plug-in so it is that simple once we've signed up for the service, you install the plugin, you can record straight from there and send emails. Yeah, right, shockingly yeah. simple. <laughs> it is because the process at the moment is you've got a webcam, you're recording QuickTime if you're on a Mac, that dumps the file, you got load it to YouTube, you take the, the link and, and, and put it in. But then you yeah. maybe have to make a thumbnail and embed that on there with a, oh, yeah. a and hyperlink it through to the right place. Even for me, that's going to take a little while yeah. to do. Um, <laughs> so something like this is much easier. Okay, cool. Do you mind if I just take a quick sponsor break? And then I want to get back to, to maybe looking at some of the, the barriers that people have in terms of video and and, uh, and why they don't take that first leap forward. And I think you, we also uh, said we're going to talk about uh, just feeling comfortable on camera and, and how you can sure. just, just work, work to improve um, your, your camera. But we'll come back to that. For sure. This episode is sponsored by 34sp.com. They offer fast, secure and managed WordPress hosting for the low price of $9.95 a month. One of the reasons I move most of our clients over to 34SP is that they take care of website updates. Now, WordPress is one of the biggest website platforms out there, and because of that, it's a large target for malicious attacks. So keeping WordPress and your plugins up to date is the best way of protecting your site and your data. Not only do 34SP manage the WordPress core updates, so you're on the most secure and stable release, but they also update your plugins for you. And if you're a control freak like me, you can delay those updates for up to seven days, and this allows you to do any testing. 
and it gives me certainly the peace of mind that all our client sites are up to date. 34SP also offer incredibly fast server and page caching, a free SSL certificate with Let's Encrypt, a free website migration service which I make full use of, a daily backup and site snapshots, a staging area to spin up a copy of a website to make tests safely, no restrictions on bandwidth, a simple control panel and great UK-based support even on the weekend. So visit 34SP to upgrade your WordPress hosting and when you do use the code WPINVENTIVE at checkout, that's WPINVENTIVE, all one word, to get your first three months completely free. So perhaps you can take me through a little bit about what people can do to just get over the fears that they might have about being on video and, and some tips and tricks about how they can improve their video over time. The, the kind of, I guess, emotional journey you have to go through as you're getting used to being on camera, is it's a real thing, right? You know, uh, we've done a lot, of, a lot of work on our end as a company to try to figure out how to help people with that. Some colleagues of mine uh, in particular were, were awesome in helping me create some resources to help my customers kind of work through that because it's one of those things where you, you need help working through it in most situations. It's not as simple as, ah, just get over it, just do it, right? For a mm -hmm. lot of people, there's, there's, there's a lot of different insecurities that go behind it. Um, and a, a lot of it stems from, you know, simple things about your, your appearance, but then a lot of it boils down to, you know, even, even your sense of self and sense of identity. Uh, a lot of people don't feel like they're video people and they almost feel this imposter syndrome of like, who am I kidding? What am I doing? I'm not an Instagram star. I'm not a video person. This isn't me. So there's, there's a lot of barriers there that we found. So one of the most common things people go through is they don't really know what to say, right? They don't know what to talk about in their videos. And this this is easier to overcome than you might think. So, you know, and this also, this actually really helps a lot with social media videos, this particular piece of advice here, but obviously it relates to personal emails as well. But also you wanna make sure the videos that you're recording and that you're posting, you know, are helping someone, right? They're providing yeah. value in some way or another. So one of the best ways to do that is to simply write down a list of questions that you get asked a lot or misconceptions you see a lot of people having when they start work in your industry or mistakes you see a lot of people make or things you wish more of your clients knew. Right. If you write out those sorts of lists for yourself, that'll be a good amount of topic material for a social media page. That's kind of, if you look at my LinkedIn page, that's the general process that I follow as well, right, for coming up with ideas for my LinkedIn page. Um, but the same general thing follows suit when it comes to personal videos. You want to send someone something that's going to be beneficial to them. And maybe your video itself has some useful information that'll help. Um, maybe you're simply answering their questions, or maybe you're trying to connect with someone that you think you might be able to help. A big part of using video effectively is thinking of it as a tool for adding value to people and a tool for building relationships better. I think where a lot of people misstep is they start off just directly going for a sale immediately, right? Yeah. And there's a certainly a time and place for that. I've certainly sent videos like that myself, but planning out my video course of action, a lot of it has to do with how can I provide value to more people with my videos and how can I enhance my relationships with people with more videos. And once that framework's been laid, reaching out for direct sales is important. But the other thing that I hear along that note is on a small scale, even after you've chosen your topic, man, I'll tell you what, you can have a clear idea in your mind of what you're going to say, press record and you start staring at that camera lens, you forget everything you were going to say. <laughs> like it's I'm, so I'm laughing because it, it happens all the time for me. Oh yeah. When I first started at BombBomb, like I noticed that I would sit there and say, all right, going to send an email to a prospect, going to do it. All right, here's what I'm going to say. Press record. <sighs> you just stare at the camera lens and be like, I lost it. Well, and like the moment I hit stop, it would come right back. Yeah. So that's, that's a real thing you got to deal with, right? So one of the things that I found is really effective for that is simply write down two to three main talking points on a post-it note and you can stick the post-it note right next to the camera lens. No one is really going to notice when your eyes dart from the camera lens to the post-it note or the camera lens to the post-it note. It's that they're like an inch away from each other. And it's not a script. So you're not going to sound wooden and rigid, but it is a key list of talking points so that in that moment where you go, 
what was next, you can find yourself again. <laughs> it, you, you've seen our show notes, so you'll see that I do that sort of thing. I invite all our guests into the show notes, and I always start with something very basic to open, but it's just basically, hello, name of guest, how has your week been? I know that, I know how to say that, and I'd say that to a friend in the pub or a, co a colleague at work. But as you said, your mind just goes blank, and I just have to put myself on rails just for those first 15 seconds, and then it's fine. Most bizarre. Well, well in the name of authenticity, I'll say I have a Google Docs right now with my top five tips, and they're sitting right above the page, about two inches below the camera lens. So if I lose my place, my eyes are gonna dart down <laughs> to yeah. save myself. We'll look out for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so that's like a physical action you can take. The other thing we've noticed helps with that whole clamming up, can't remember what you're going to say thing, mm -hmm. is what's so unnatural about this that you're staring into a camera lens. It's like a robotic eye. It's a little weird. So what you want to do is before you send this video, you want to picture the actual person it's being sent to. If it's someone you don't know well, what a lot of times we might recommend is picturing someone who is more familiar to you, right? Mm -hmm. A colleague of yours you know well. You ask yourself, all right, if... Hey, here's a good example. If I'm going to be reaching out to a uh, you know executive of a marketing company and I don't know them at all, and picturing their face doesn't help, what I could do is say, okay, well, imagine Ben Canard asked a question about what Bomb Mom's capable of. How would I respond to him? Because I know him fairly well, right? It's, it's easier for me to do. Or let's say you're doing a video for social media and you're answering a frequently asked question. Sometimes that's intimidating, picturing this massive audience of people all staring at you. It's not really what's happening, but it feels like there's a massive audience of people all staring at you, right? What you want to do is picture the last person who asked you that question and just picture Picture them in your mind and talk to them. This will help your words come out more smoothly. And even I think it reduces some of that stress and anxiety, which inhibits your brain from functioning properly. Picturing the person you're speaking to is another great way to work through it if you struggle with forgetting what you were going to say. Number two that I hear probably the second most common, or actually that may even be the most common, is a lot of people don't like the way they look. It's just, and again, here's here's where I often say that like video in BombBomb has a real challenge as a software mm. because we're not just trying to teach people how to use it on a technical basis. We're not just trying to rewire their habits so that our software becomes a part the daily habit we have to deal with years and years of baggage and insecurities that come down to i'm not pretty enough i'm too fat man i peaked 10 years ago whatever sort of emotional baggage you have about your appearance which a lot of people have you're going to be forced to come face to face with that when you start using video and again it's something you got to work through some of the simple things that i found really help with this is actually you can shrink the size of your recording window so mm -hmm. you can certainly do this in bomb bomb but most any program you're using to record you can just shrink down that program so it's a little two inch by two inch box that way as you're looking at the camera lens and talking you aren't seeing yourself talking right back at you you aren't seeing yourself and going oh god do i really look that way right so something simple like that can really help you work past that just making it smaller another thing too is as much as i might tell people you know go ahead be authentic let people see you as you are even if you aren't looking great when you're first getting started it's okay if you want to sit down one morning drink your coffee go for a jog get your energy up do your hair your makeup dress well whatever it is that you like to do to make yourself feel confident when you feel like you're looking good go ahead and batch record like eight videos at once right that can be like you know if you're doing a once a week social media post that can be two months worth of posts or let's say you have like 10 people you want to prospect to again no reason you can't make yourself look great spend a little extra effort on that and then on that day you know send out 10 different video messages so it's okay to batch your recordings if that mm. helps you feel more confident about your appearance. But ultimately, you have to remember, right, and this is kind of moving off the tips into the self-talk side of things, you have to remember you are your own harshest critic. Nobody actually cares if a piece of hair is out of place. Nobody actually cares if at this camera angle you can see a bit of a double chin. If you're providing value to people, if you're helping them out along their road, and if you're you know, expressing sincere appreciation or answering their question or any of those things, that's what they care about, right? It's about yeah. the value. It's, 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 not about, it's not about you. There's um, just uh, there's a, a nice tip that I was given before I started doing workshops because I was very nervous about it. And one of the things they said is to, when you get up in front of everyone, just take a breath and smile. Try 
and enjoy it. And it's probably very similar for this. There's, you don't need to rush through. They're all waiting for you. They've come to watch you, to listen to you. And it's going to be the same. They've clicked on the link to watch your video. Yeah. They'll wait just a couple of seconds. And actually, that's quite a calming thing to do. You're not rushing into it. It makes you calmer, slows your heart rate down a little bit, and you feel happy. And that smile puts everyone at ease as well. It's one. It's something I forget often to do, and I have to remind myself, but it works so often just to take that moment and smile at everyone and then start. It's good. Anyway, uh, can I just also mention something else, which was really, you, you touched on it about uh, answering questions. Uh -huh. And something popped into my mind. I don't know if you've know, you know this tool. It's called answerthepublic.com. No. Have you ever used that? Um, I'll no. just show it on screen. What Answer the Public is about, and I love this particular application, is it allows you to uh, put in a keyword such as a little video. And then you can get a list of questions that people have asked on Google. Um, so basically it pulls or scrapes that information from Google and you can get yeah. the sort of keywords that people ask on Google about that particular question. Uh, they've all come up now and you get this lovely visualization, which is actually probably a bit too small for you to read, Jonathan. Um, so let me go to the data visualization. And I put video in and it's, uh, we've got some questions like, are video games good for you? Are they bad for you? Are they a waste of time? Uh, uh, there's one's going to be here. Can, what video format for YouTube? What video format for Instagram? And I just find that this, while it comes up with lots of random questions, it's a really good way. If you're completely stuck and you have no idea what to do, your brain has just completely gone blank. You can just type in a few keywords to do with your product service industry or whatever in there. And it's just going to start that process for you. So it's, it's an amazing yeah. tool. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. In particular, I have a lot of people who try to build YouTube channels, right? And the whole purpose of YouTube channels try to capture people who are asking, how do I send personal video emails? emails and then suddenly they get routed to my video talking about bomb bomb right so yeah that's a fantastic tool i love that sorry to stop your flow i just thought i'd mention <laughs> that because i think i think a, a lot of what you're saying is is useful in in marketing generally whether you're promoting yourself on video or not but actually sure. answering questions is a really good way of providing that helpful, useful content. That's perfect. All right. Yeah, I love that. All right. So I kind of, I, I marked out, you know, five common hangups people here, right? So we talked about not knowing what to say or forgetting what you're going to say. Talk about how yeah. you look. Uh, another big one that people struggle with is, is how their voice sounds. Um, because it's a fact that your sound as it travels through your jawbone and your neck up to your own ear sounds very different than your voice as it travels through just simple air to hit someone else's ear. So the voice you think you have, the voice you thought you had your entire life is not actually the voice you have for the rest of the world video makes you come face to face with that reality mm -hmm. and this is probably one of my major hang-ups i've always been fine with the way i looked but my goodness do i hate the way i sound the last podcast i did i listened to podcasts in the shower and i literally felt ashamed and embarrassed and i didn't want to share this podcast with my network because i sounded so nasally and i don't even know what it sounded like but i hated my voice and i guarantee you when this podcast airs and i'm listening to it in the shower i'm gonna go through the same thing and go oh i shouldn't have done that ben take it down take it down ben <laughs> like it's crazy you know and of course you know Everyone who knows me, they're used to my voice, good or bad, it is what it is. My clients know what my voice is, you know, again, good or mm -hmm. bad, it is what it is. They're going to find out eventually what my voice sounds like. But man, yeah, that's the, so for me, a lot of what I do is I just, I don't rewatch my videos because yeah. when I watch the videos, I have to hear myself and I go, oh my God, that's terrible. And, you know, I would say, honestly, all of those pre previous hangups all fall into the same category of don't rewatch your videos, right? Because you will tear yourself apart. So record it. If you completely screwed up, it's okay. You'll know you completely screwed it up. You can redo it. Um, and a lot of times, you know, you can actually, you know, cut out a lot of the fluff and make the video more concise and even more valuable by recording a second time. N don't do it more than that, right? Yeah. Don't rewatch your video looking for errors. Sometimes. 
I've found that the best video I can produce is the first one I do. And actually re-recording it gets worse because I start overthinking it. Do you, does that does that work for you as well? I've definitely noticed that. Um, my typical rule of thumb is that if it's an individual video for a one single person, I never bother re-recording it or it's very rare, right? I have to completely, completely screw this thing up uh, to bother re-recording it. Yeah. Because really the, the return on investment of that extra time isn't really gonna make a better result. That first video with the error in it, it'll probably get the same result as the second video without the error. And I just don't have time. Um, something like a social media video that I post on LinkedIn for a thousand people to see, if I feel like I can make the video more valuable by re-recording it, or usually for me, if I can make the video more concise by re-recording it, I'll allow myself one re-record. Because what happens a lot is I'll get my thoughts out, it'll take four minutes and I'll go, there's not four minutes worth of material in there. I'll, I'll, I'll re-watch it, I'll think to myself, all right, what are the key points I really gotta hit? And I'll re-record a two minute version that really covers the same stuff as the four minute version did. Um, but but I don't go beyond there because I've mm. learned past the second re-record, right, or the second recording, it doesn't get better. You just start replacing one mistake with a new mistake. And a lot of times you have the, the real heart and soul and you know spice of the video, right? The personality starts to fade away as you get more and more robotic and more and more yeah. rehearsed. So yeah, I'll allow myself two recordings because usually I, I can actually shorten it up and make it more valuable that way on a social media video. But yeah, on a one-to-one -one video, I am not going to bother re-recording because again, the ROI for my time just isn't there. Another mentality thing, and I, I kind of put this in the category of how to how I get over the I hate my voice thing. But honestly, whatever your big hang up that this is going to help mentally and your, your self-talk, you have to remember as you're recording these videos that these videos aren't for you and these videos aren't about you. These videos are about providing useful information and help to someone mm. who needs it. It's about answering a client's question. It's about introducing yourself to someone that you might be able to help in the, grow their business. It's about providing useful tips and ideas on social media. If you take the focus off yourself and do I look good in this video and focus it on, is this video helping someone? It helps put things in perspective. And that really helps me. There are a lot of videos for LinkedIn where I just have to remind myself, I share good value. Someone will benefit from this. I look like a damn fool, but someone's going to benefit from it. So I'm going to post it anyways. And that helps a lot of times, helps you get out of your own head, right? If you just take the focus off yourself and put the focus on is this helping someone it almost doesn't matter if you're dressed poorly or almost doesn't matter if you cough in the middle of your video if it's helping someone it's helping someone now the uh, fourth thing that I hear a lot is that what holds people back from using video is there's a lot of anxiety and especially a lot of overthinking and you will overthink everything you'll overthink what you're talking about overthink who you're sending it to overthink uh, the camera angle and what you said and the mistakes you made and again should I even do this anyway is this gonna weird them out are they gonna find this strange like you can really get into a real a real spiral right without overthinking if that's you key is to be fast very fast you can outrun your own anxiety sometimes and outrun your own negative thought tracks so the first time an idea pops in your head of something you can talk about before you have time to really flesh out that topic just press record and start talking now this is what i call i'm not sure what the protocol is in your podcast we're going to call it a crappy first draft okay i call this a crappy first draft you know you're not going to share this with anyone but the purpose of it is to take something that's roughly in your head and put it out into the world even if you only are the only one who sees it but sometimes being very fast like that and putting out that crappy first draft right away can give you uh, enough insight to improve it, right? But also can help give you the confidence to say, you know what? I didn't really like that video, but I think I can do this. And then again, you re-record it and you do a better job the second time. So you have to be fast with recording that first one. Don't, because otherwise you'll sit there for 30 minutes trying to plan out the perfect video. Whereas if you just record a crappy first draft, within three minutes, you'll know what's good, what's got to stay and what's got to go. And then you'll yeah. be able to move forward from there. And then the second bit of speed is once you record your, your good version, right? Your second version, for some of you who are just getting started, maybe your third version is the one that you like. But again, don't go take that too far. But once you record the real version, you got to post it quickly. Or in case of video email through BombBomb, you have to click send quickly. Again, don't rewatch it and don't stop to think to yourself, gee, should I have done that? Are they going to like it? Just as soon as you're done recording, you click send and move on with your day. You know, you talk about self-editing there. I think that applies just as much to video as it does to copy, copy editing. Ah. 
it's if once you have if you need to write something and you've got that seed of the idea going you just need to type you just need to take what's in here and try and get it onto the page as quickly as possible and not edit it as you go and i am i am awful at this and i have to force myself say no just get the words down we can edit it later because you miss the good information because it just disappears and i think it's probably exactly the same for video you just have to record it and let let your your it, let it come out of your brain as that continuous thought because it may be that that's perfect and you can just submit that straight away and you haven't had to worry about editing as you go which is what makes you stall and stumble and, and fumble over your words so yeah, actually that that, uh, that concept originally came out of writing i heard it from benet brown and she was applying it to a different concept but she got it from her writing of how important yeah. it is to get that crappy first draft out on paper because sometimes it's good the way it is sometimes it needs editing but ultimately by putting it out there it becomes clear to you how you have to fix it and you can move forward versus if you keep it in your head forever no progress is ever made exactly and there's actually my my wife's a copywriter and one of the things she practices on a daily basis in the evening is just to write just a stream of consciousness to write and it it, it could all be crappy it could all be a waste of time but it doesn't matter because it gets you over the hurdle of worrying about and self-editing and i think that exactly the same with video just do it just do more video and you will get better at doing it one thing that i found actually really helps also as far as self-talk goes with that kind of overthinking barrier mm. that people run into um, is if you can practice being your own narrator and narrating the scene to yourself using third person verbiage so i pulled this from a book called mind hacking happiness by sean webb one of the best books i've ever written i recommend anyone who's a human being who has emotions to read it and uh what he talks about is how important it is to kind of step outside yourself and get some of that that metacognition where you're you're viewing your situation from outside yourself. And one of the way to throw yourself into that mode is to use third person verbiage, such as, you know, John is feeling very anxious right now. And John's feeling anxious right now because John doesn't like the way he looks and that makes it hard for him to focus. Just saying what you're feeling using the third person verbiage. And actually one of the things Sean Webb recommends is every time you're gonna use the word I or me, simply replace it with the me. Weird change, but saying the me is really angry right now can help you put your anger in perspective or the me doesn't feel enough confidence to do this can help put that in perspective and can help you work through it anyways so be your own narrator use some third person verbiage narrate to yourself what's happening say all right the me feels insecure or the me is doing something new and that can help put out your problems in perspective and can help you work through them i'm, I'm gonna try that as weird as it may sound to me oh, yeah. i will give that a go oh, and uh, i'll let you know if it improves things the most common time i use it is when i come home and i see my four-year-old daughter has made a complete mess or like written on the walls with marker i say the me's angry the me wants to kick some butt right now but the me is going to handle this well and just yeah. again that third person verbiage helps a lot the uh the fifth thing that i wrote down is a barrier for a lot of people is kind of what i touched on earlier that that imposter syndrome if you're not mm. familiar with the term imposter syndrome is i think it manifests itself a different way but it's either this feeling that you're doing stuff you're not supposed to do in the place of you have no right to do it and you're uh and people know it right people know that you're trying to be a big shot that you're really mm. not and people know that you're trying to be a bigger deal than you are or the kind of another side spin of that which i think is most people with experience is you feel like you have everyone convinced right now and they actually think you have rights to be doing what you're doing but my god if they only knew who you really were and if you let that crack through they'd realize that you're just a big fake and you shouldn't be doing this and if i had to pick one hurdle i've had to go through the most this is probably the one uh beginning of this year i started posting regularly to linkedin my ideas and thoughts and insights on video and understand i'm not a marketing guy or an executive i'm just a sales crunch really right i'm an account executive here i sell the product it's not common in any tech company for the account executives to go public and start posting their ideas and thoughts and insights about this and i felt a lot of that imposter 
imposter syndrome of people are going to be looking at me going, what the hell does John think he's doing? Who does he think he is? Why, you think you're some kind of big shot posting these videos? And that was the self-talk I was running through of who do you think you are? This isn't you. You don't have any right to do this. This podcast, Ben, again, how often does a regular old account executive go on a podcast? This is not common for someone in my position to be doing. And the self-talk I have to wrestle with before this meeting, while we're talking today, and I'm sure in the aftermath of this, is I'm going to be saying, who do you think you are, John? Who's going to want to hear your thoughts, what you have to say? So that, whatever you want to call that, I, I call it imposter syndrome. A lot of people go through that, especially when it comes to posting things on social media and building a YouTube channel, because you look at these people who have done that, who are active on social and who are active on YouTube, and you have this rosy picture of them in your mind of what mm -hmm. those people are like, and I'm not like those people. If I was like them, sure. But the truth is a lot of them feel the exact same way. Either they still feel that way, or at the very least, they felt that way as they were getting started with it. And what I've had to teach myself in my own life is that the fact that I'm feeling the way I'm feeling is not evidence that I'm doing the wrong thing or that I'm in the wrong direction, right? In fact, I'm starting to think that when I feel that imposter syndrome of who do you think you are, that's usually when I'm onto something. That's usually when I'm yeah. doing something that's truly worthwhile. But man, in the moment, it doesn't feel that way. <laughs> in the moment, you feel like you are in the wrong room with the wrong people. And again, you have no right to be there and you should just leave and go sit in your box and stay in your lane. That's the self-talk all the time. I don't necessarily have a particular uh, tip that I use. This one is mostly comes down to that self-talk. If you have to realize the fact that I'm feeling this way is not evidence I'm doing the wrong thing. In fact, it might even be evidence that I'm doing the right thing. And then you just have to work through it. And I think it is. I think it's evidence that you care because that's why it's yeah. bubbling up. In fact, if you didn't have imposter syndrome, I think that would be worse. You know, if people didn't feel that inside, then I think that there's, <laughs> they may uh, truly be bluffing their way through it. So I think it's a very, it's a very genuine thing to have. Uh, but yeah, it's difficult to go over. A lot of these are, are blocks, but they are just, they are just fears. They're just things that we worry about, but we can overcome just by acknowledging them. I think is the key thing to acknowledge it. I think that third person talking is a good way of acknowledging that these things are there and how you yeah. feel about them and that you can just move past them. And that's, you know, that's all I had written down for you know, covering this, but I will say that what I just pulled there was pulled out of a guide that some colleagues and I spent the last three months developing. And it's like a 10 page guide. And that was like two pages of it. So if you're someone who is interested in getting more involved in video, whether you're interested in buying bomb bomb, or if you just want to be more active on social media, let me know, you know, hit me up. Uh, I can share that guide with you. It's honestly still a work in progress. We haven't like put the, you know, the, the polished uh, edges on everything, but I can share that with you. We can do coaching sessions, right? Part of my sales process before I even ever sell someone an account is I spend like an hour working with them on video coaching and how to make video effective and planning that out. And a lot of what mm. we talk about is some of these techniques for working over or working past that discomfort. So if you found this helpful, but you feel like you need more, uh, certainly contact me. There's, there's more where that came from. Um, so I often go to a lot of events and conferences and part of our podcast is that I will take notes during that event and I like to just refer back to the speakers and the, some of the key topics they talked about, maybe drag in some people I met from the conference or some of the people I went there with. One of the things I struggle with is uh, trying to make sure I keep that interesting. Often we will record at the end of the conference. We might record little um, cutaway shots throughout, but we'll record at the end of the conference in the evening or I'll sort of pull my iPad together and run through everything. But I, I feel in some ways that I'm rushing through. Everyone else I'm with seems to have co coherent ideas about what they listen to. I struggle really with feeling that I'm coming across with anything useful from, from, that, um, from that day. Maybe some of the key points that you've already talked about would be useful, but is there anything else that would help during doing um, something which isn't live, but I want it to appear as if it's live from that event? Yeah, I mean, you certainly do have to give some time to making sure you are providing something of value, right? So, you know, spend some time premeditating. All right, what are people going to want to hear about? What are people going to be able to learn from this uh, and focus on that, which, you know, I imagine you already do. And I think you just also have to realize that 
you're always going to feel like what you're doing isn't as good as what other people are doing, right? Every time I listen to one of my podcast episodes and listen to someone else's podcast episode on the same podcast, I go, dang, they did so much better than I did. <laughs> so much more valuable than I did. I rambled on forever where they were very concise. And like, mm -hmm. I'm starting to realize I'm probably just as good as they are, right? People seem to give me good compliments on these podcast interviews. So I think do spend some time premeditating going into it. What is the most value that you can offer? And definitely spend some time trying to cut out the extra fluff, right? I certainly spent time before this podcast thinking about all I could talk about and trying to hone it down just a few things. But once you've done through that process and done basically your due diligence to make sure it's valuable and there's not a lot of fluff, I, I would just say kind of try to silence that self-talk and understand that it's always going to feel that way. No matter how good a job you do, you'll always feel like someone else is doing better. Um, do you have any uh, tools apart from Bomb Bomb itself? Are there any books, tools, apps, podcasts that you think uh, would be useful to listeners? I don't know if in particular in the vein of video itself, video is one of those areas where it's still a fairly a new frontier, a new mm. horizon, or at least like the authentic personal videos that BombBomb's doing, right? You can, I'm sure, find books on video editing that would be good. But as far as that, there's not a lot. Um, I would say probably the best book on the topic is BombBomb itself. So our chief marketing officer and our chief evangelist, Steve Fascinelli and Ethan Butte, last year wrote a book called Rehumanize Your Business. And that would probably be, at this point, the only book out there that is about the use of simple, personal, human, authentic videos in a business context. So it's called Rehumanize Your Business. Uh, it's, an, it's an orange copy or an orange cover to the book. Should be pretty easy to find on Amazon. Definitely, definitely start there. You know, on, on the note of just marketing in general, and a lot of this has worked its way into the video marketing tips I've talked about. One of my absolute favorite marketing books of all time is Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Mm -hmm. That will help you clarify your message. That will help you get in the mindset of providing value. That will help you get to the point where the videos you're sending are actually effective. Because I, I always tell people, you know, video is not a silver bullet, right? If you're if you're pushing out the wrong message to the wrong people for the wrong motives, throwing a video in there isn't going to change the fact that you get terrible mm -hmm. results. Video only works when you're amplifying the right message. And I think that uh, building a story brand is the best marketing book out there for helping you clarify what the right message is. And then, yeah, using video just increases the amplitude of that message and increases mm -hmm. your results. So building a story brand is the best marketing book. And then Rehumanize Your Business is the best one for uh, learning a little bit more about video. Yeah, we'll find the links for those. Make sure they're in the show notes for everyone. Thank you so much. I mean, we, we've gone for a lot. A lot of what you've talked about there, some of the tips and some of the ideas, the concepts are, are super useful for anyone, whether they're writing or um, or producing video or any, any sort of media really is just to really run through those and make sure that you just you just do it. You just you just try it. And and uh, I'm yeah. particularly like the uh, the third person angle, which I will try. Where can we find you online? Where's the best place to look you up, Jonathan? Yeah, so of course you can email me, right? My email address is jonathan.mahan at bombbomb.com. Jonathan has no unnecessary H's. It's just J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N. Last name Mahan, so it's dot M-A. H-A-N at bombbomb.com. Bombbomb.com is just B-O-M-B, B-O-M-B. So make sure there's two B's in the middle there. Uh, so you can email me there, right? Uh, also, honestly, if you just searched in Jonathan Mahan Bomb Bomb LinkedIn, you'll certainly find me. And I'm fairly active on LinkedIn. You'll see a lot of video content from me, probably even sharing some of the ideas that we've talked about today will eventually make their way onto uh, onto my LinkedIn page. So you can contact me there, uh, message me there. And again, if you want to talk about the Bomb Bomb products, certainly I'd love to talk about that, right? That's what I sell for a living. But even if you just want general advice on video and social media, I really enjoy that side of my role, even if I don't get paid for that side of my role. So uh, I certainly don't mind, uh, you know, giving you 15 minutes of my time to chat about really anything involving video. So uh, I definitely would love to hear from you guys. Great. Thank you very much. Um, if you want to find me, I'm at Ben Canard on Twitter. You can email us hello at ratherinventive.com. Um, or you can come along to one of our events. You know, I run a lot of events in, in and around the south of England. So if you want to come and meet me, come along to one of those, just check our website, ratherinventive.com. The show notes for this episode will be on our website, ratherinventive.com slash podcast. While you 
are on our website, make sure you do subscribe to our YouTube channel um, so you get updated with the latest videos. Or if you're using iTunes, Stitcher or Spotify, make sure you subscribe to our audio podcast on there. If you re- if you like the podcast, do, do share it with other people. If there's something useful in there that you found uh, worthwhile, pass that along to someone else. Or rate us on iTunes so we can get found more highly in search. Finally, do check out our sponsor. Thanks again, Jonathan. It's been really good to talk to you. And thanks to everyone else for listening. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me, Ben. I definitely had a lot of fun. Dick it, 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 dick it